Welcome to StoryCon Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 54. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. With us is celebrated comic book guide writer and reviewer David Busing of ComicBookHerald.com. Dave, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me, Barney. It's a pleasure to be here. I look forward to uh, talking about Comic Book Herald and myself a little bit. I, I've been on the interviewer side of things uh, over the last year or so, right? So I'm, I'm a little more comfortable and a little more familiar with talking to various comics creators, which is one of the things I do on the podcast there, which is super fun um, and, is, and has been really interesting. But I'm I'm looking forward to actually answer some questions about what it is that I do. It's, it's funny. I dislike talking about myself, I would say, like on a personal level. I don't know if you're if you're similar. Like that always brings me just like great embarrassment, like immediately, like people like want to get to know me. But then when it comes to like talking about comic book Herald, like I can go forever. Like it's yeah. like, there's some, there's some di like disconnect there where I, I, it's like a separate thing, even though it's, you know, it's my baby, it's my, my product, you know? <laughs> and, and when we, before, before we, we, uh, before we went on air, we were, just, we were, we were chatting about, you know, how you got it formed and, and like, out of all, and I gotta, you know, I just gotta, you know, just gotta say too, it's for the people that are listening or listening later or watching, uh, watching this is that, uh, out of all the review sites and all the stuff about, you know, reviews and guides, it's like your, your comicbookherald.com is the most accessible. Um, it's the most endearing. Um, it's the most, um, uh, as you say, there's, there's, there's a level of, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, uh, you know, they, they, like I said, there's, there's a welcoming, there's a, there's an accessibility, there's a, um, there's a bit of like unknown nostalgia when like read, like, you know, reading some of your blog posts and then yeah. watching some of your videos. It's like, this is a, this is a guy who, who can talk on all levels. So um, I appreciate that. That's very nice for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely accessibility. Like, I mean, that's kind of the point of comic book Herald is like, it, it started as an endeavor in making comics more accessible, like first off, just selfishly, like to myself, you know, right? Like that was a thing where I got into comics later in life. I like, I had affinity for them through non, like non paper sources. You know what I mean? Like animated television series, video game stuff. Right. And like my dad was a big comics fan. So I had like a general affinity for like those universes. And I think it's something we see now a lot, honestly, where there are entire immense fandoms who have never picked up a comic, but they love the MCU or something. Right. right? And it's like they know these characters and they know this world in in a way that I did prior to actually diving into comics. But anyway, when I got kind of like towards like college, oddly, and then like out and like got my first gig, it was basically like, yeah, I actually want to read these things. I'm curious. And it's just it's immense, right? It's it's this huge. Where do I start? What is what do I actually read here? It's just like there's so much to it. Um, so Comic Book Herald, like at its core, is about making that accessible, whether that's something you're brand new to something you fell out of, like when we, we were talking right before we started and you said, you know, basically like you have an eight year period where you just kind of stop reading comics or whatever. Right. Or like, or maybe even longer. And it's just like, yeah, I think a lot of, I've gotten, I mean, of the many, many notes I've gotten, which are all really interesting and greatly appreciated. Like there are so many readers who were like, yeah, I used to read back in the seventies. I stopped, but I want to start again in like 2016. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's the journey of like, when and why people want to get into comics it's so varied and i think roadmaps and guides are often very very useful to help um understand like at, at least within certain confines you know like hey here's the important stuff 
here's what here's what I'll help you read. And then I mean, some people want to read absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, it becomes this whole big question of do you need to should you but Cabo Carroll is more about like, here's what you like, here's what will help you the most and make this, um, you know, an enjoyable experience as opposed to homework, which it often can become. So, yeah, and that's that's kind of the general idea. So then let me ask you then, because it's like, you know, at, at comicbookherald.com, you have um, an, an, a nice list. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up for people to see is that right here you have, um, you know, you got beginner's guides here for for people and where to start. You also have things on on DC, your best lists. Um, and I think it's really helpful, too, is you also have a reading order. And 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 also, too, I, I love your reviews that you've, you've put out as well. Uh, so so let, let me ask you a question about your, you know, your beginner's guides and stuff like that is like, where do you feel, where do you sit on relaunch title relaunches? Are you a fan or are you? Sure. So that, I mean, that's a tricky one. Um, I think when it's done, so like I actually, I started collecting comics. My first actual print comics that I bought in a local comic shop were with DC's new 52, right? In 2011. So that's like test case number one in so many ways for okay we're relaunching absolutely everything with a new number one and i gotta say as someone who was unfamiliar with the way comics worked or, or relatively so at that time that was immensely appealing you know mm -hmm. like that was an extremely appealing thing now obviously over the past decade we've seen that doubled down on in ways that i think are are less appealing so i think there's kind of a context in an approach that can make more sense you know with series relaunches um i actually like DC, oddly enough, I'm more of a Marvel guy, I suppose, at heart. I like both Marvel and DC. Um, yeah. But I will say, like, DC's general idea throughout the 2010s with the new 52 and then in 2016 with DC Rebirth, I actually think they had kind of the right idea, which was basically, like, five years of story, let it run, 50-plus issues, then kind of do, like, a big, hard reset where we're, you know, opening up the doors again for people to come in. What Marvel has done more often is they'll flood, hey, there's a new number one every year or sometimes even two in one year, right? There are these famous examples of like unbeatable Squirrel Girl has two number ones in, in 2015, you know? So like it's kind of goofy when you have way too many. Um, so I don't I don't love sort of the cynical sales tactic of it, uh, but I do like the general idea of real. I like the idea of relaunching universes to some extent okay um, at least at least with like a theme and a general idea of like this is the era we're in because so i'm a big like fan of of comics continuity you know is the thing we talked about like i like the fact that the marvel universe rushes back to 1961 and dc even more so right that that is really appealing to me i don't get lost in that but i think what helps is when you have these sort of tentpole ideas or themes where it's like yeah this is the new 52 era yeah, this is Marvel Now era, right? And you can say that encapsulates three years or so of comics. That stuff helps. And one thing I see a lot on Comic Book Herald is like people search for that. People remember that, right? They remember the branding and then they know like like literal searches in Google for, you know, even Marvel Now are like mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds a day you know, probably up in the thousands because people remember that branding and they're like, Hey, how do I get into that era? It seemed like there was some cool stuff there. So I like initiatives like that. I think the problem, the trap that publishers have fallen into Marvel, probably especially is DC's fallen into different traps, but Marvel especially is like, they have a new initiative every or for a while. It felt like every six months. Um, now they've been in kind of this Marvel fresh start mode 
since 2018. And, and it's like, yeah, it feels like they've settled down. It feels like they're in a, a healthier place, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, so that's a long way of saying, like, I guess it depends. Uh, but I do, as a fan of the medium and of like these long arcing, like, um, what do you call them? These long arcing continuities. I don't mind a, a number one reset every so often, but I don't want them to throw away the continuity with that. Like that's right. not actually what I'm looking for. Right. And I know when, when we were, we were talking about like when I was a kid, you know, it's like, you know, reading comics and they had that annual event, uh, was you looking forward to it? You know, when you're, when you're in your, right, when you're in right. your 13 or 14, it's like, this is something that's building up. You're looking forward to it. Now as an adult, it just seems like they, these annual events are just like a chore. You're like, it's like, well, now I gotta, <laughs> they didn't just have one. It's like time yeah. just flies by so much quicker. Oh yeah. Um, no, like in, in the last two years, uh, maybe three, I guess if we will run it back to 2019, the Marvel universe has been invaded and like nearly conquered, I think like four times now, <laughs> like we have four different events, you know? So it's like, it's not, it's not only that they're happening probably a little too frequently. It's like, they're kind of hitting the same beats too. They're kind of <laughs> doing the same thing. Um, yeah. and that, that is less appealing and it burns people out and, and you get all this backlash against events. But then I don't know, at the same time, it's like, events get so much more attention too. You know, I see that as, as a guide writer on comic book Herald, it's like my number one piece of content right now over the last, you know, two, three months is the King in black, which mm -hmm. is Marvel's ongoing event. So I think people who are immersed in the medium for longer, you know, they, they will definitely say like, I'm tired of events. I'm sick of them. They don't mean anything, et cetera, et cetera. But then for the broad audience, whether it's new readers, whether it's just, wednesday warriors whatever uh yeah. that that still does work you know so i i you get why marvel keeps doing it when you start seeing some of the analytics because it's like i don't know there's there's an argument to be made like maybe it's not the healthiest thing and like okay it's short term but you can see the numbers going up in the short term and it's like well that's why they're doing it right the graph's going up to the right and so as a as a as a guide writer how how much of a challenge is that for you to feel as though that um, are you, you know, proactive or re reactive when it comes to writing these guides and reviews? Do you feel like you have to like get every title or, or are you like, are, are, are you saying unabashedly saying this is what I concentrate on? If you're, you know, if you're looking for something about, I don't silver sable or whatever, you know, something that's like, yeah. that's something that's not, how do you, how do you judge your, uh, your, your, um, your readership in the sense when you make these guides? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so with, with the reading order guides that I do for like ongoing events, for example, um, and that's like my bread and butter with comic book mm -hmm. Herald has been reading order guides, basically read this than that. Right. And so with like characters or something, there's a little more wiggle room, you know, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a little more, uh, like flexibility in terms of, you know, okay. If you want to read nightcrawler comics, you don't literally need to read number one, number two, number three, number four, right. There's, there's some wiggle room right. with an event though. Generally, the way it's going to work out is you're going to have your core event issues, you're going to have your tie-ins, and you are going to want to read them in a pretty particular order. Now, the challenge and the reason that like making reading orders makes some sense is publishers will toss them out, and they don't always align with like when the issues come out, right? So there's a release date when each of these comics comes out, but the story progression, the chronology of what's happening there doesn't always map to when the issues come out. So Black Cat number two, which just came out as a King of Black tie-in, might actually fit better after core event issue number two instead of issue number three. But technically, it was really, right, it's a whole thing. So for me, definitely, like, one thing, I, I was definitely more obsessive about it when I started 
you know, in terms of like, I need to get this absolutely right. Like I can think of specific comics and moments in like the 2000s when I was setting up guides through that era that I must have read, you know, like like dozens of times because I was I kept flipping and flopping on like, oh, no, Daredevil was in prison here. So this issue has to be <laughs> after this part of Civil War. But then like something else would happen. And you think, no, maybe before. Right. There are moments like that where I used to be quite obsessive about it. Um, right. I'm definitely more flexible now in terms of what I I care about as much personally. But when I'm doing a new event, like the comments are going to the, the readers that use those things that like them, they want it to be accurate. Um, they don't want to read a, an issue out of chronology because it might like spoil something that happened that they haven't read yet. And I think that's the worst thing I can do is recommend a comic to somebody that is so out of order that it kind of like ruins that story it kind of ruins that environment because now they got information that they they didn't have yet so that that's the thing that i'm probably worry about the most when i'm making these um and put the most thought into but yeah like king and black's coming out i read everything i mean i read mm -hmm. i read all the issues um it doesn't mean i want to read everything right. <laughs> you know <laughs> like anyone there are books i like more than others you know and there are books i'm excited to read and tie-ins i know i'm not going to like but it's still important to me to actually read the thing and figure out where it's supposed to fit in this event. Um, oftentimes it's easy. I think publishers are getting better about it, frankly, um, in terms of knowing that like, yeah, this is a thing people care about. And they typically have checklists and things, but even those, like they aren't, they're always aligned to release date, which doesn't always mm -hmm. make sense. You're gonna message from Fresh News 24 seven saying, Comic Herald, massive fan. I got your videos after every X issue, so. Oh, thank you. Thank you, yeah, no, the, the <laughs> X-Men, the X Men focus has been uh, has been really fun for me. So that that has started since House of X and Powers of Ten, right? Um, I've always been an X. Are you a big X Men fan? Like, are you an, an X Men reader yourself? Oh me, oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. I got my I got a stack of them here. These uh, these are the and <laughs> I got I got all of them. And I and I remember we can talk a little bit later about Hellions. I love I, Hellions. I love Hellions too. That's yeah, a it's great. fun fun comic. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's shockingly great. Um, but no, I've I've always been X Men was always my my favorite superhero yeah. team. Certainly, um, I probably would say Spider Man's my favorite hero. Uh, but X Men's probably like the thing I've been most into and most like. 98% that's through like the 90s animated series. Like that's kind of what I grew up on. Uh, so it really wasn't until House of X and Powers of 10 that I kind of had like an experience, this thing I hadn't even realized where I'm like, oh, I actually have like cause to pull these issues in my shop now because mm -hmm. from 2011 to 2018, there are X-Men comics I like within that bag. But generally speaking, it was, it was a very mixed bag and there's some stuff in there I didn't care for at all. Um, so it became the first time where I really got to dig in. And then at the same time, I was kind of trying to figure out like, how do I get comic book Herald on YouTube? Uh, what do I do with this? Um, what kind of analysis are people looking for? And it kind of just became this really nice synergy of like, I'm so into house of X and powers of 10 right now. Everyone's talking about them. I'll try some videos on that. And I, I came up with the series cracking Krakoa. Um, so kind of like trying to do the same thing with the guides where it's like, how do we make this accessible? How do we talk about the comic book history that influences these stories and just share sort of the passion and the history of the medium in a way? And now I'm on, I'm approaching like my 150th Crack and Krakoa episode. People seem to dig it. Um, and it's definitely, it's definitely helped like Comic Book Herald on YouTube. I mean, it, it is interesting because it's like all anyone on YouTube thinks of me as now is like an X-Men guy, you know, like that's mm -hmm. my thing, just doing X-Men, which is funny because like that's never been 
my brand before this. Like that's not the comic book Herald brand in any way. Um, but I dig it. It's it's enjoyable to have like this community of people who just are super into these comics and want to talk about them. It's cool. And you have also you have a couple podcasts too, as well as like you have my marvelous year and my ultimate year too. Is that those are yours too? Yeah. So I I do um Technically, I guess I do three podcasts. So I do, uh, there's a, just the Comic Book Herald podcast is called Best Comics Ever. Um, yeah. I think if you search Comic Book Herald or Best Comics Ever, you'll find it. And that one predominantly at this point is me interviewing creators. Uh, so I do a series where I'll talk to various comics creators and ask them about stuff I like, basically comics that they've done that I like. Um, mm -hmm. I've got interviews, actually, I've got two interviews tomorrow, which I would not recommend anyone ever do. Do not schedule two <laughs> interviews on the same day. Um, but it is, it, it's a lot of work, but it's fun. And then, uh, and then we do my marvelous year reading club is the, my marvelous year is a thing I put together. Um, I think around 2016 and it's a reading club that takes you from Marvel's origins, 1961, fantastic four, number mm -hmm. one through to as far as we can go, basically as far as today. And the framework that I did was to say, okay, we're not literally going to try and read every Marvel comic because that to me does not sound fun. <laughs> some people do it, some people can do it and it's incredible. Like the stamina it takes to take on that initiative, like more power to you. Um, but for me, it was like, no, I'm gonna do like these 10 curated kind of like, here's the best or here's the most essential stuff from year to year. Yeah, so like we're on 1989 right now. Um, we've covered a lot of ground. We just finished up X-Men Inferno. Uh, we did the, the main event and the crossovers in two issues. So like each year we'll do like, I don't know, four or six episodes something like that where we kind of talk about like here's all the the crucial comics and i think the fun part about it is like it's a reading club podcast so cool. if, if people like you know if they want to get into marvel and they want to read these stories again like in a at a reasonable pace in an enjoyable way um you know we're like hey here's these issues for this week these issues for this week you know it's a whole it's a whole uh what do you call it like it shouldn't feel like homework i don't i don't it's not a treat <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in between <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah that's my marvelous year and then my ultimate year is the same idea okay. um except going through actually literally every comic in the ultimate universe so marvel's ultimate verse that launched in the 2000s uh we're actually reading all of them because you can because it, it is condensed and confined to be like you know an, a thing that where you actually can read all those and not be miserable about it um and i do both of those with a co-host uh zachary dean who is uh who basically just kind of emailed me out of the blue one day and was like, Hey, you know, like Compa Carold, um, you know, I, th I think a podcast would be cool. And I was like, cause it, it was a thing I thought about before. I'm like, I know my Marvel this year would be a good podcast that like, I, I wish more people could get access to this and kind of make it a bigger thing. Um, cause I only had it on the website at that point. Uh, but I was like, I don't, I feel like I'll just lose interest. You know, I feel like I'll start it and I won't be able to maintain doing all the work. Uh, Cause there's a lot that goes into running a website. It turns out, yeah. um, but you know, he came on and he, he was like, Hey, I think that'd be good. And, and together we've put it out and uh, found a really cool community who wants to like get into Marvel and enjoy this along with us. So it's been a, it's been a blast. That's one of my favorite things I've done over the last, I think two years now. That's like comic book Herald, uh, you know, comic book Herald related thing is the my Marvel this year club. So check it out mm. if you haven't, cause it's really fun. So I'm um, uh, fresh asked the asked the question is like how long until Ultimate Universe Marvel returns and who do you think will be in charge? I you know I think Donny Cates was a I think it was a couple of years ago now. There's Donny Cates and Tom Taylor. I think were tweeting about like hey you want to start the Marvel Ultimate Universe and it's just kind of like a guys having fun thing. But that's that's definitely a popular theory. I remember I think it was at C2E2 that year even 
I was at one of the Marvel panels in the every con, you know, back when we had those and it was safe to do so. Um, mm-hmm. They'll at the end of it, they'll be like, all right, get up for questions. And it's just like it's a total like absolute chaos of like these like could be great questions from trained journalists or they could just be these like madcap like rambling things from fans <laughs> in the audience right you know it's just like you never know what you're gonna get um but i got in line and i asked uh marvel editor-in-chief cb sabluski um if there were plans for the ultimate universe because at the time i was like you know 2020 is coming up it'd be the 20th anniversary of the ultimate line that could make a lot of sense uh right. so what, what do you think and he was like well at the time there's no plans um so I don't know. I, I don't know if they're actually if they would do it. I I feel like it would be a hit. I mean, honestly, I think I, I think they know it would be a hit if it was a Donny Cates run initiative. I mean, he's extremely hot in terms of like sales right now. So, I mean, yeah, it'd be massive. I, I have no doubt about that. I for whatever reason, it doesn't quite seem like they want to do it. Um, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of holding off on that. I, I mean, I think part of it is like, you know, you think about the appeal of the ultimate universe as its own standalone Marvel universe thing, but that appeal did fade. You know, yeah. you think about the launch and you think about like the ultimates by Mark Miller and Brian Hitch and how big that was. And, but then it's like, you get like three, fours into it, three, four years, you know, it's like, all right, we're starting to see, we're starting to see this thing slow down. So I don't know, like you have, you have to consider like my idea has always been, I think you, the ultimate universe should be a thing that reboots every like five to 10 years, hmm. like every five to 10 years, you just bring in new creative talent, you align it with where we are actually as a culture, you know, because because otherwise it comes runs into the same stale sort of like recycled continuity problems that every long running, you know, like superhero universe or just comics in general runs into. I think with the ultimate universe, the coolest thing they could do would be like, yeah, we're going to do five years of this in and out and then we're going to reboot it and we'll do a new ultimate universe with somebody else um, like kind of as the, the head curator, you know, and new creative talent. So that's my pick. I think that'd be awesome, but we'll see. And now, so uh, for for the, for the layperson now, didn't wasn't the Ultimate Universe kind of like the, the the footprint for the MCU more or less? Or in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very influential for sure, right? Like yeah. it those. I mean, the Mark Miller and Brian Hitch Ultimates run is is hugely influential on on the MCU. Um, I like their their Nicholas Fury. <laughs> I called him right. Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> like you know this proper name. <laughs> I refer to him as Nicholas. No, Nick Fury. Um, he like he's Samuel L. Jackson in their comic, right? Like they depicted him as Sam, uh, everything about it, and right, and then they they get casted that way. And here we are. I mean, definitely the Iron Man influence is very strong. Um, sort of depends on what character you're looking at, but generally, like there's a there's an Ultimates feel to the way the Avengers came to the big screen in the MCU. Um, and then you can jump up and down different characters, but yeah, it's like it's a very influential. Uh, enterprise and, and the cool thing about it too was like because it wasn't earth 616 because it wasn't mainline they could take bigger swings you know they could take bigger chances and even if they didn't work there was ambition and idea there that like wouldn't have necessarily um, been tried in earth 616 and in many cases the stuff that they tried like then would get used later in 616 you know so it's like those ideas do tend to come up at some point um but yeah i'm, I'm the ultimate universe remains interesting even when it's not good. And I think that's actually very valuable in superhero comics because it gives you something to talk about, you know, it gives you something to think about. And and so and so talk a bit about, you know, when you make these guides. Um, have you ever made a guide from, you know, a reader or somebody say, Hey, you know what? I got my my kids starting to read. Can you make a guide for this or that? Or have you always just 
been tried up uh, forward facing to kind of decide on what the guys that you would want, you would think that your audience would want to read. Yeah. I mean, I think initially um, it would be mostly based around just what I was reading, what I was interested in. Um, I mean, for the longest time I was just playing catch up, you know, I just, I just constantly felt like it was like, there were a million things I didn't have, you know? So like as you're starting to build a website and build your own content, it's like, I don't have anything. So like, I mean, probably the first one I did that I really got into and had some success with actually was Thanos. Like I probably published that in like, I published it like right around, or I think before Avengers came out. And then there was that big stinger in the MCU at the end, the post credits with Thanos as like, okay, I'll do it myself. And then it was like, all of a sudden there was all this interest. And I had like, kind of the reading order on the character. So that was the first time I realized, I think like, Hey, if I make a lot of these, (laughs) I could get a lot of people visiting my website. Um, and, but I mean, now, now I've built up so much, uh, you know, through the years that like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take reader requests. Um, that's one of the benefits of like the Patreon I run where people support the site, which is super generous. Uh, one of the tiers is like, you can request a certain amount of characters that I'll do a reading order guide for, that's where I get some of the weirder ones. Like I, you know, of, of all the characters that I don't have, you know, some are still like decent sized. I have like glob Herman, like a super minor supporting X-Men character. I have a reading order on him. Um, I have somebody just request uh Koi boy actually was my co-host actually Zach on the Myron Sears show requested Koi boy. Who's in the unbeatable squirrel girl. So like, I'll get some specific Patreon requests for like very minor characters like that. Meanwhile, like, Quicksilver is nowhere to be found or something, right? Like there's still a handful of, of bigger ones. Um, but yeah, generally it's like, now I'm just kind of, now it's like actually hard to think of them. Cause so I, I kind of, I'll chase like, Hey, the MCU is talking about doing these, or they might bring in this character. Do I have guides for all them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and like, all right, I, I got to figure out, do I have all my WandaVision covered? Do I have Loki and, and Sam cap and all, cause you know, those are going to be big right. this year. Um, but yeah, no, it's, and, and I, I'm a marketing uh, person by day, you know, it's my job. So I actually like looking into trends and kind of figuring out like what it is people are looking for. That's appealing to me. Um, so I actually enjoy the process of researching, like what characters are people into that I don't have, or what, like, um, what are some comics that, uh, you know, sometimes there's stuff even that I've like read that I wouldn't have thought to make a reading order of. Um, we, we actually just have one that's going to go live fairly soon, but like avatar, uh, is big on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. right now there's like a second wave of like people loving avatar the last airbender and it's got like a, actually a surprisingly great like detailed comics history um and we have somebody who pitched uh doing an avatar reading order and i was like yeah please like that'd be awesome so they put that together because I, I haven't read those comics um right. so now i'm at the point where i'm actually like you know contracting them out like i actually have writers and talented people who are making these things themselves which is like that's the first time i've ever been in this position where <laughs> i'm not the one doing everything which is awesome so, so like, it's kind of hypothetical. Um, like the, um, you know, as you're talking about random, random characters, like someone like, you know, so what would you do? What would you do if you, you went about on a, a completely like C or D level, like DC character from like, see the Legion of superheroes, like a D like how, how would you go about as a, re, as a researcher, what would you do first? How would you create that reading order? Yeah, I mean, so the the first thing I do is, uh, I mean, generally at this point, like I'll have read some of their comics. It's a rarity where like I would truly not even know who they are. Um, But like, yeah, if somebody came in and was like, I want a Starboy reading order from Legion. Um, I mean, one of the harder things to do with like characters that are predominantly known on teams too is like you have to, it's, it's hard to separate like 
Legion reading order versus a Starboy reading order. This comes up right. with the X-Men the most, I would say now, because a lot of times I'm like, all right, let's make a, a Wolverine reading order. It's like, cool. Do you just want an X-Men guide? Or, you know, and Wolverine's right. a little easier because he has solo series. But then right. if you do it with like Psylocke or like um, even like Juggernaut or something, it's like, all right, I don't literally just want just the X-Men comics here. You know, we, we got to find where else they pop up. Um, so within it, the, the greatest weapons or the greatest strengths at this point to figure these things out is first, I'll just look at like, what do I know? What are the stories I'm thinking of? And then utilizing like Marvel Unlimited and uh, DC Universe, which I think just got rebranded as something else, Infinite maybe. Um, yeah. But going into the apps and just seeing like, all right, what stories of theirs do they have on these? What of these have I read? What are the collected editions? I mean, I've... I don't want to like humble brag about my obsessive knowledge of collected editions, but I I've done, I've named so many of them by hand making all these guides that I have like a weird recollection of like what the available trades are for different teams and characters and stuff, you know? Um, so a lot of times it's just a matter of going to Amazon and like typing in their name and it's like, all right, they have five trades. Let's start there. That's somewhere to start and then fill in the details around that, you know? Right. Um, so, and, and, you know, and then if like, I really don't, know where else to turn outside of actually reading more stories and kind of seeing where they are, then you can always turn to like Wikipedia, um, which will occasionally have some, you know, footnote annotation of some issue I haven't heard of before. Um, that's actually come in handy a handful of times on cracking Krakoa stuff where okay. I might like, for example, like I, um, that's kind of a spoiler. Um, but like if a character shows up and I don't actually know that much about him, quick hop into the wiki, look at some issues, go read those in Marvel unlimited get a feel for that story like that that's usually you know it'll send me on the right track of what i want to talk about so i don't know there's no <laughs> there's no like one size fits all thing uh, you know if it's if it's something i don't know about but that's my general thinking right. i think put it together yeah okay wow that's interesting so i mean <laughs> and so yeah and you did talk about you you did talk about your patron i want to um you know pull it up for people yeah. to see you have a great i mean it's it's uh I, I love what you did here with your patreon is that you have like you mentioned before, and and this was something they recently put out there with their annual, you know, you you say that, that wasn't that just like about six months ago they launched yeah, yeah. that. They just started that, which has been cool for sure. Yeah. Do you want to quit you know talk a bit about what your um your 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 subscription tier levels are? Yeah, sure. So uh yeah, over on patreon.com slash compacarold, um, people can support the site, which is super, super appreciated. I it was a thing that I was like, I, I was definitely hesitant to make a patreon for a while you know just mm. i don't know there's like a weird feeling of like i don't want to ask for anything to do this because i love it and i would do it anyway um but once i did sort of figure out like well how can i actually add some value that i would feel good about you know that at least that like well then people are getting something out of the deal or at least have potential to get something different out of the deal that they wouldn't get anyway um right. then i felt good about it and like people are it, one thing I found definitely with Comic Herald and, and at least my slice of the comic sphere is like people are quite nice and generous <laughs> um, more often than not. You know, obviously some people like there the, there are very loud, uh, you know, like people who can get under your skin and and that will happen. Um, but the majority are, are quite nice and and people that support anything on Patreon I think tend to be like I don't know just extremely giving people. Um, but it, yeah, so the tiers that I have uh, is like for one dollar a month. Uh, support. I think the the general benefit that you get there is just like early access to like questions, basically. Like one, because one hard thing for me as I as Compacurl got bigger was like I would get lots of emails asking questions about reading orders, and like questions tend to be very long and very specific, right? Because <laughs> people are they're going through their comics journey and they're trying to get help, 
And I, I will literally get subject lines that are like help triple exclamation point, And somebody talking about like where Spider-Man fits in continuity. And it's like, <laughs> that is not a triple exclamation point uh, <laughs> help <laughs> email, but I, I appreciate your fandom here. Um, but like one thing I ran into was like, I can't get to all the emails anymore. You know, I, I started out, I wanted to, and I it just got to a point where I couldn't. Um, so right. one of the benefits is like, you can take, you can get priority access. I will definitely get your question if you ask it on Patreon. Um, and then, yeah, there's other stuff too, just like, you know, getting podcasts early, um, getting, uh, I do like Q and A's that I only release on Patreon. Um, I do, uh, at the $5 tier, which I call the club of heroes, mm -hmm. um, you get like a reading playlist. So oh, every cool. month, yeah, every month I put together like a custom, like reading playlist, which is basically the idea is like, here's your comics for the month, um, that I would recommend you read. So I do it via all the different streaming services essentially that I recommend. So I've got like Marvel Unlimited. I'm like, yeah, check these out. These are new. These are good. I'll put in like a chunk of comics that I used for research the previous month, you know? So like just, Hey, here's the stuff I was reading. Um, I'll put in my DC stuff. I'll put in Hoopla, which if you're, you're not familiar with as a listener, uh, hoopla is like a basically it's a library loan app but it's all digital so like oh, all cool. you need is a library card and then it's free and then you can they have a huge uh digital library of comics and like they actually get trades like day and date so like stuff comes out you know and like they'll have it that day um huh. in the hoopla library it's a really really valuable resource uh if you can if you can get access to it with your library card or whatever um but i'll i'll use that and i'll recommend new comics there and then uh what else i've been doing Oh, and then I'll recommend, you know, like different creators I have coming up for interviews. So, you know, so I'll be like, hey, check out these works we're going to talk about. Um, but people seem to like that, which is cool. And they should have, you know, as you're talking, I'm, I'm wondering, they should have, because you always have these watch parties where you watch. They should, is there an app that you can do a read party where you can like read with other people? Is that, or is that, <laughs> that, that might be weird. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It is funny. It's like, it's that. That's definitely like a thing that you hear um, older creators talk about, like, you know, like we would get our comics and we would all go and we would all read them together kind of thing, right. you yeah. know, but it, it's hard to share. It's hard to share a reading experience the same way, like you, all your eyes are on a screen moving at the same pace, you right. know, but definitely I feel like there's that post kind of like post game reading experience, which I feel like is what YouTube has offered in a lot of ways where it's like, hey, we all just read this comic and now we want to talk about it. Right. and and kind of have that conversation that way um but yeah no it's 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 pretty interesting um but yeah no i, I appreciate everybody who supported the site over on patreon.com and a slash comic herald and um yeah i've got some much higher tier things where it's like i think at the ten dollar a month level which is very generous and i appreciate a lot uh one of the benefits there is like you get your name uh read out on my youtube videos as like one of the supporters um basically if you have reading order requests or questions like you get you get number one priority um right. and then everything else you know in the lower tiers and then my like almost joke tier that literally <laughs> one person has done is is um is the number 30 for the mary mephistos i was like you can come on the podcast and re-rank uh some stories that i have on my best comics ever list which is like if you google best comics of all time comic carol winds up being one of the top things there uh it's my list of i capped it finally at 500 so it's mm -hmm. my 500 favorite comics and uh every comic i read every story i i put in this list i put in the spreadsheet and i rank them and then i adjust it over time right so and i that obviously leads to 
uh, one, it leads to a lot of views because people love that. But then also it leads to a lot of like controversy because people are like, how could you rank this above this? So the, the <laughs> joke there essentially is like, fine, you can come on the podcast and you can argue with me about my ranking for something. Um, but we've had, I think we've had effectively one taker on that so far. Which oh, really? is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and one of, one of your more recent, and, he, and I says, you have a, you have a, a fantastic as well, a, a, a fantastic YouTube channel. So people definitely check that out too. Uh, and you just recently came out like what, five days ago. And so I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading these, um, your, uh, your new X-Men titles. I, Thanks, some yeah. of those there. Um, so the WandaVision, I know we mentioned before we went on the air. Um, uh, yeah. So talk about the reading order that you have, you had set up on this video for WandaVision. That seems to be the, um, a lot of hits for that. Yeah. So I, um, so WandaVision is obviously the big new Disney Plus show, right? And it was pretty yep. exciting uh, that it's like, it's been a long time since we've had MCU content. Um, it's been like 18 months, right? Yeah, right. Like, which is, it, it's kind of fascinating, like all the things that led to that, which make a lot of sense. Right. Um, but it is, it's exciting. It's an exciting thing to have back, uh, I would say. And just to like be able to relax and just chill out with so WandaVision. I watched the first two episodes. I dug it a lot, but definitely like running a website having a youtube channel i was like all right i should probably like address <laughs> this thing that everyone's <laughs> gonna be talking about um so we got a whole bunch like i've got a, a lot of stuff going with that but one that kept coming up is i kept seeing people you know tweet or, or share just like oh like what what should we read and a lot of people be like oh just read vision in house of m and i kept just kind of having that nerd reaction of like like mm, that's not the best rack so finally <laughs> i put together my list of the 11 best comics to read with those which are a little more outside the box not too crazy um, but I did a video on it as well because it was easy enough. Not everything I write, you know, is going to get turned into a video. But this one was like, I'm, I'm like, I have the assets. I have all the images ready. I already wrote the 2000 words or whatever, you know, script like and, and I, I tend to I don't write like full scripts for everything now. But I do. I'm, I'm more of a writer than I am. I would say just like a public speaker, you know, so I mm. do like to organize my thoughts in that way. So if I already have the article written, I'm already 70 percent of the way there to making a right. thing. Um, but yeah, so that was making that video, which was fun. I mean, we did, so I published best WandaVision comics. We had a, a writer, Sarah Century wrote the best Scarlet Witch stories last week. And then we have every Friday. So with every new release of a WandaVision episode, uh, I'm going to have a different critic, a different writer for the site, write about a different era of Scarlet Witch and kind of what they would do with the character because Scarlet Witch has become this character in the Marvel comics that like nobody knows what to do with. She's right. constantly like a challenge and has been really put through the ringer in a lot of ways so we've got a piece going up uh, tomorrow actually it's written by john galati one of my absolute favorite writers on the site and uh he's talking like he talks all about her powers how wild they are <laughs> like magic and hex powers and just like how do we even get our heads around this and then at the end of it, he's got a pitch for like here's what i think wanda should be here's an idea it's really cool i, I would recommend people read that if they haven't already um but yeah no it's 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 a lot of fun and it is like i'm not you know, I'm not like Vulture. I'm not like, uh, you know, IGN or something like I don't I don't need to have like an endless stream of content. So for me, it's more just like, all right, this thing is happening that people are excited about. What's a cool idea that we can tap into? That is, again, like with the best of list with the guides, it's like what is actually helpful here? You know, what is it that can actually like help people enjoy comics? Because at the end of the day, that's kind of, you know, I just. I think more people should be reading comics. I think more people would enjoy it and would like to. And uh, I want to encourage that, you know, in ways that I can. So, yeah, and I'm general. so glad you mentioned in your, in your list too, about the, the, the miniseries star where, where yeah. Scarlet Witch made that thing. And that, that's the most recent thing she's been in. The Scarlet Witch has. 
And it was total, it was total luck that I even read that because oh, really? I, okay. I had just, um, I had an interview with the writer of that series, Kelly Thompson. I, I got the chance to interview her and I basically, we've been trying to schedule it for months right. and, uh, it just so happened that I was reading star the night before WandaVision was going to debut. And I was like, Oh, this happens to be a really good Scarlet Witch story, which I would not have guessed and would not have known. So yeah, that was some nice cosmic uh comics coincidence that i happened to check that out and uh i would recommend star i i gotta say i didn't expect that i would i quite like kelly thompson as a writer i think she's one of my favorite writers at marvel um but that book i was like this is like a weird captain marvel spinoff i'm like why I'm like why is this happening why is the character getting a spinoff um they, they didn't really sink their hooks into me just in the pages of captain marvel but that mini is actually like it, it's got scarlet witch stuff it's got black order stuff uh, you know, if you know from uh, from Infinity War, you know, Thanos and all that. Um, and it gets really cosmic in ways I didn't expect. So uh, check out Star if you are relatively familiar and a fan of Captain Marvel, because uh, it is it is worth it, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And and that's like you said that. And I think it's like it's five issues. It's I thought it was it kind of threw me off a bit because usually miniseries are either four or six. And that was like five. But yeah, no, it's it's light. You can read it in a night. Yeah. Um, you know, but, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, yeah. And, and so a part of it, didn't, and, and so talk to us a bit about, and I know we, I wanted to, I kind of want to pick your brain on what you're, uh, cause it's, you, it's not giving away spoilers because it really isn't anything to spoil with the first two episodes of WandaVision, but what do you, what I wanted to kind of see what your thoughts are on where you think they're going to be going in these, in this, in this series. Sure. Sure. So, um, so I really enjoyed the first two episodes. Uh, I I liked them a lot, um, it, mainly because so my dad was like a huge Dick Van Dyke fan. Mm -hmm. So I grew up on a lot of Dick Van Dyke uh, and it just have an affinity for that. I know for different, I, maybe you have a different kind of touch point, but I know like some people have said like, oh, I love Lucy, Bewitched, right? Like different touch points that people have gravitated to. For me, it was definitely like, oh, I'm watching Dick Van Dyke episodes again. Uh, and that was very fun. <laughs> that was yeah. very enjoyable. And I really appreciated how thoroughly they committed to like doing that well. You know, like it just felt like they made a pretty, uh, a pretty quality remake of a show that I really enjoyed as opposed to just like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, we're referencing this thing. Do you get it? You know, it was like, no, they're like really earnestly doing this. Yeah. Um, and it I was love like that the setup. It was like the same sound, almost like they, they try to do the soundstage almost exactly like in that first episode. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I appreciate the heck out of that. They were just fun to watch. Uh, I definitely, it was the first time in a while where I watched something and then like the next day I was like, I was like kind of bummed and I'm like, why do I feel kind of like sad right now? And I was like, oh, it's because I don't have more to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like actually disappointed. There's not another episode right now. Um, you know, it's like, it's, I'm, I'm not like, I don't think it's like the best thing since sliced bread or anything. Like I think it's good, but at the same time, right. I'm like, I'm extremely excited for episode three tomorrow. Yeah. Um, where do I think they're going? I think so this, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a show so loaded with Easter eggs that right. it's like, if you actually talk about what you're seeing and what's going on, it can feel spoilery, I suppose. So I would say like for people who want to know nothing like earmuffs or whatever, you know, cause like, you know, cause it can, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you just want to enjoy it and go on the ride, I, I get that. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say my initial thoughts were I expected. So I think there's two things going on with Wanda. My hope going into this was they weren't going to do 
a Wanda breaks reality, creates her own alternate reality as a result of like losing her mind to grief story. I really mm -hmm. don't want it to be that. And I think from the first two episodes and the tone and everything, I don't think it's going to be that. Okay. I think the clever trick that, because that, that has touch points in Marvel stories like Avengers disassembled house of M, right? Like different stuff throughout the two thousands and right. even earlier, honestly, if you go back to like West coast Avengers. So right. what I think the clever thing they did is I think Wanda, yes, she's going to have created this alternate reality. Like that's going to be as a result of something with, to do with her power set, but I think it's going to be kind of at the behest or maybe sort of like forced into it by sword. either some, yeah, either like sword or some sort of like corrupted like aim or hydra that has taken them over or the crazier theory that a lot of people are, are talking about. If you dig into this stuff is that Mephisto is involved Marvel's devil, right? And that it's actually somehow Marvel's devil. Mephisto is the one kind of like pulling the strings. So that's, mm -hmm. Those I think are the two competing paths. I kind of, I kind of don't know how the MCU would pull off like Mephisto the Devil. <laughs> like, like that's kind of a tall order, even in a, right. a world where we're like, yeah, like superpowers exist. There's a Hulk. There's a Thanos. Like, for so there's something about Mephisto that's actually like almost harder to 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 take in. It's almost less palatable. Um, that said, there are a lot of references to. Not a lot, but there's a handful of references to like devils and and small little throwaway lines here and there. Uh, plus, I don't know if you remember this, but I, and I don't even know if this is a thing that people are talking about. But I remember leading up to, I, I think it was like when WandaVision was going to happen initially, because it, it got pushed, you know, right. kind of everything got pushed, right? The pandemic hit. And there, there was a stretch, though, where Marvel was releasing a lot of trades that were like Mephisto based or like more than usual. And it was like, oh, this character is going to have a role to play. At the time, I was thinking in like, um, they were kind of setting up like a, like a supernatural Marvel with, um, with Hellstrom and Ghost Rider, and maybe something else over on Hulu. And like most of those series got axed. Right. Uh, Hellstrom got one season and it's done right. already. Right. And they're not even yeah. going to do the Ghost Rider, I think. But most of that stuff got axed, and it kind of made me think now, like, was all that like Mephisto content? Sort Just of a, for like that Marvel Knights type thing, yeah. Relaunching, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, was that a prelude to a right. role in WandaVision? So I, I'm kind of initially I was resistant. I was like, no way, that's too crazy. It's just going to be a sword and an aim thing. Um, but now I'm like, uh, probably is. It probably yeah. is Mephisto. <laughs> what I do you think? think about the Mephisto? Because I because yeah, I saw one. You know, one of the things I've been researching is that the character Agnes is supposed. They're thinking that um, that character is. Um, Agatha, something the lady that was a witch that was part of Scarlet Witch's uh background, Agatha Harkness. Yeah, Agatha Harkness is they is uh that actress might be her, so yeah. yeah, that seems very likely. Um, because I that's the thing with Wanda is like she's in the comics, she's a mutant with hex powers, but then right. pretty quickly they they layer on the magic element, right? They're like, we need to give her a magic component where it's something where she has a little more control, where she's actually sort of trained because the hex powers were always just like you're going to trip or like this wall is going to fall on you. It's all just accidents, you know, and, and like they could just happen. Um, but yeah, Agatha Harkness is a longtime mentor of hers. Uh, the Mephisto thing that has roots in the, some John Byrne written West coast Avengers okay, from yeah. the late eighties. So I won't give away the story if people want to check it out. Um, yeah. but that, that's why I think people gravitate towards that. And why in my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, there is a, there's a history to this where I could see them doing their own thing with it.
Right. I think so. You know, you know, one part of it was like, I'm wondering, there's, there's, there's a couple of pieces for me is that I'm wondering if it's, um, there was a cut scene that they were put in that Kevin Feige was going to put in at the end of Avengers Endgame where Wanda went to see Vision's dead body and yeah. that got cut out. And a part of me was wondering, like you right when you first started talking about it, that is this a grief induced hallucination that she is a part of? And I'm wondering if it's being, um, measured and controlled by sword to rebuild vision because yeah. a part of me was that the, the one piece is like is because there there are scenes like in the first episode where it's just vision saying what am i doing here like right. he he has his own consciousness about it it's not involved with wanda who is in a different scene altogether not in that meeting that in that office space and and i'm wondering if agnes Hart agnes if you have like mephisto who are taking some side doors in who are taking advantage of this situation to yes. kind of manipulate some things. So no, I, I think you're onto something there for sure. Cause I, it, my, my sort of fully fleshed out theory is like, I think Nick Fury comes to Wanda via sword and says, yeah. Hey, I think we can rebuild vision, you know, let us try essentially. Cause it's in his best interest to have like this yeah. technology, this weapon as well. Yeah. Um, and I think Wanda's game, she's like, yeah, absolutely. They need her powers to do it. She gets something goes out of control for whatever reason. And that creates this alternate reality or more likely sends them to like another dimension. And it just so happens to be the dimension of Nefisto. That's how we get him into the picture where then he's like, hey, Wanda, I can actually just give you everything you want. All you have to do is stay here. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have her living in this reality that is not reality. Right. But why we have her living in this um the world that is tv sitcoms and that's why there's you know that that moment in or episode number two where on the radio it's uh jimmy woo is like wanda who's doing this to you who's doing this to you so like sword knows she's there they know they can't get to her they've tried the little helicopter turned into a little toy or whatever right yeah. um they tried but they can't get there they know she's there who's doing it i think it's probably mephisto and it's it's she's actually trapped in this alternate dimension and his promise to her, his classic Prince of Lies thing is like, yeah, I'll give you everything you want. You can have vision. You can be a happy family. Cool. Done. <laughs> and right. she's like, what do you get? Don't worry about it. Right. You have your family. You're happy. Um, so I, that's my fully flushed theory for like how all this comes together. But the coolest thing about the MCU is they almost always like defy theories. Like they, <laughs> they have a really smart, cool way of doing their own thing. I love that, you know? So like you can project and you can guess and this and that. And it, it it's often it's like, oh, based on the comics, this might happen. And the MCU is very good about being like, yeah, we like uh, element A from this comic story. We like element B from this other one. And they mash it all together right. in a way that feels feels unique. It feels original. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Fresh news. Asked, do you think we'll see Ultron or Quicksilver in the series? I would love to see Quicksilver again. I, I think that would actually be extremely cool. And make a lot of sense potentially because if, mm -hmm. if it is this like wanda made reality like why couldn't he be there right. you know what i mean like they don't remember their past lives at this point why couldn't they don't remember quicksilver supposed to be dead as of age of ultron um the ultron question that's very interesting i would be surprised a little if we brought ultron back into it i think it's more likely that like vision i don't think vision actually gets brought back but i think what happens is we start to bring in some of those connections to like wonder man hmm. that uh, that are there in the comics like they share the same brain patterns i think probably what happens if anything is we get like the mcu version of wonder man made out of this um 
I mean, I'm game. If they want to bring back James Spader Ultron, sure, I'm here for it. Uh, but I'd be a little surprised by that. Personally. Yeah. I, I, it's something like I said, then they said this is going to be leading up to, you know, that seeding into the, you know, Doctor Strange 2. So that's a yeah. good point. They've always been, they hint, they there's strong hints at Mephisto. So that, that would, or the other idea is that is she going to end up being the villain in phase three? I mean, phase four. Who knows? So, yeah, I, I hope they don't go that route with Wanda just because like that has been the fallback right in uh in comics for such a long time and I think it's just I think there's too much baggage there to do that with her um that said it will be really interesting to see how they find a way around that because she her power levels are like preposterous like they are right. they're I mean who is it it's her and Carol Danvers at this you know like are the like that's those are the power levels that you have competing and Wanda's I think are even greater because it's like she can reset reality and nobody else really can do that. Um, so how do you have a character like that on your Avengers squad? Right. You know, like what do you do with that character? Like, that's a really hard question to answer. Uh, yeah. And I'm curious to see it. Yeah. I mean, if you remember like Avengers Endgame, that was the one sign of panic that Thanos had in his eyes is when Scarlet yeah. Witch was like taken yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he like destroyed, what is it? He like destroys his own fleet to like get out of that. He's like, yeah. I'm in trouble. I need, I need an out here. Um, yeah, so like that's that's where Scarlet Witch is at. So I'm her character is fascinating. I and I think like that's doing doing a show that is going to be part mystery and part just like feel good nostalgia about the history of TV. It's just so smart. Like I right. just I, I really really respect the heck out of the fact that they're like that's the that's the idea you could do with these characters because these characters are tough and they're characters that not a lot of people really care about. You know what I mean? Like or like most like casual MCU fans aren't like yeah i really i really was into the wanda and vision bits <laughs> like that's not, that's not what most capital fans like come away with obviously they have their fans you know in the, the comics diehard sphere um yeah. but yeah no it's off to a great start yeah so this is great so we uh we're we <laughs> i thought it'd be a quick hour dave so we so i wanted so i wanted everybody to check out definitely check out for your your uh you know starting getting back into comics if you like the mcu and you and you want to know where you're going to you, you want to dive back into absolutely i highly recommend comicbookherald.com um it's a great place it's a great place to look at those beginners guides um if you want to listen to a podcast he's he's got uh, and you can see those podcasts that he has here it's all here comicbookherald.com absolutely uh, yeah. And definitely check out if it's, you know, you want to support. And, as, and, I, and I was telling, you know, Dave before, you know, before we went on the air, I mean, it's like your guides and your reviews are, are so accessible. They are, um, uh, they're, they're full of joy inquiry. And there is a, a, a level of like, I would say like, you know, you don't hear, you don't really hear this word used when it comes to guides and reviews, but there's a level of compassion involved into it where it's so easy to, to read. So, um, that. Thank you. yeah, and check that out. And as I say, check out his, check out his pod, check out his, uh, uh, YouTube channel. Um, and so, yeah, Dave, um, I, anytime, man, I would, I would love to have you come back on and just like, and, you know, I mean, you know, chat about, um, you know, any of the other guides that are, that you want to chat about. If we, we haven't talked about DC comics, maybe we can have you come back on and talk about yeah. um, DC let's talk, sometimes. Let's talk um, when a suicide squad comes out. Let's see. Let's see where we're at then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun.
what is that a secret wars framed picture what is that a lot of, there's a lot of secret wars going on behind me um so i've got <laughs> i basically i've got it split into you know the middle is you got that avengers brian hitch thing and then uh you know anything to the right that i frame is going to be secret wars related so yeah. i've got uh my my favorites over there are i've got the secret wars number eight which is when spider-man gets his you know his famous black costume right and i got that signed right. by mike Zack. Okay. um so I, that's that's a big favorite and then the the big print is uh, a, a copy of what is it? Secret Wars number eleven, I want to say. Um, oh, with but the it's Beyonder? a Mike cover. It's Doctor Doom, like after he battles him, oh. so the arms all torn, you know. And it's it's that image which I love. Um, and I, I saw Zach at a con who did the art on so much of that and did those covers, and I bought it from him there, and he signed it for me, and, and we talked a little bit about you know working on the series. So that's those are that's like my my Mike Zach Secret Wars Hall of Fame, and then the one below it is like a, a Deadpool secret wars variant um and he's doing okay. the run the jewels thing and run the jewels is one of my favorite uh like rap groups of the last uh several years so that one i just have a, an infinity for but yeah that's that's the light story of my my secret wars hall of fame i'm a huge fan of the old event of the 80s event of the 2015 version and then ironically secret wars 2 is like literally my least favorite comic event of all time or, or close really <laughs> so like one and three i'm obsessed with i love and then two is like an absolute dud but you know it happens.